Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. Partner Vest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. I'm pleased to be your host, Charlie Wright, here on OC Talk Radio, and we're talking today with Brian Perry. Brian is the editor of CashMachineIncome.com, Strategic High Yield Investing. He's with Investor Place Media. He focuses on income portfolios, maximizing value and growth in those portfolios, and seeks double-digit income investing. Brian speaks to us today from McLean, Virginia. Brian, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Well, thank you for having me today, Charlie. It's a real pleasure. Well, uh, hopefully it will be for all of us here. So, Brian, first of all, give us a little of your background and how tell us how you came to focus on high-yield investing. Well, having started in the business back in 1984 with uh, Smith Barney, I ended up moving into California, where you folks are located, and then working out of the Bear Stearns office in San Francisco, where I started aligning myself with the um, high-yield desk. And uh, I was really intrigued by what was going on there because at the time it was really run by just, you had Drexel Burnham Lambert, which is the dominant uh, player in, in the high-yield market, run by Michael Milliken, which is now you know famous story behind all of that. There really wasn't much of an um, uh, alternative to high-yield investing outside of corporate bonds and maybe convertibles. So uh, we, um, I, I started liking what I was hearing from some of the big stories that were coming they were coming public again, uh, names like RJR Nabisco, for instance, rings a bell, <clears throat> just to give an idea of the flavor of, of a lot of uh, private deals back then and Colbert, Kravis, and other private equity firms that were taking companies public again, using the high-yield markets to finance these deals. And so I found that to be um, uh, a market that was a real niche market and uh, not really overpopulated with a lot of brokers trying to compete for the same kind of asset class. So I fell in love with it because it offered people very good returns back then if you did your homework and your due diligence and really shook apart the balance sheet so that you could you know, just um, find yields that were paying above 10% or, or even you know considerably higher at the time. And then um, found out that there was an, a quite an appetite for that institutionally as well as retail. So I started exploring that further, and then over the course of the years now, fast forward 30 years, and now we have a buffet table, Charlie, of literally – many asset classes that pay yield and we, what we would um, call pass-through securities because they're structured for investors that are looking for income and maybe some additional growth to, to coincide with that. So uh, that's uh, become a, um, a real audience out there, especially in this day and age where you've got somewhere between ten and 11,000 U.S. citizens retiring 
in a market where you know we all know that CDs, money markets, uh, taxable securities like investment grade bonds, money, you know, just um, treasuries, uh, anything in the geo, uh, you know, Ginnie Mae, Fannie Mae market, they're all paying between zero and four <clears> percent. And really, people need in my world quite a bit more than that in order to just not only pay the uh, the tax man and adjust for inflation, but but not eat through their nest egg because we're all living so much longer. So, as part of their investment pyramid, this is really where I've, I've come to embrace this strategic high-yield investing by way of using what I call sector analysis, looking for large themes, large large macro themes that will be multi-year themes, and then shopping within those sectors of the market where those themes will benefit uh, most, and then from there doing some top-down analysis by breaking out what securities in certain asset classes are favored to win in those particular themes, and then doing some technical analysis, which overlays the fundamental analysis, and coming up with a portfolio of between 30 to 35 names that I concentrate on that are non-correlating assets with a, uh, an objective of trying to accomplish a blended yield of 10%. Well, I, I can uh, see what you're talking about. I have right uh, in front of me here your book, Brian, The 25% Cash Machine. <clears throat> I bought that uh, in, uh, I think, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, after having uh, heard you a couple of times at uh, a couple of in different uh, investor conferences. And I devoured the book and have used it uh, ever since in identifying sources for a significant yield in an environment that uh, does not typically offer significant yield. So maybe you can provide for our listeners here, what are some examples, Brian, that you can give us and tell us about here that are going to provide a double-digit yield like you're talking about? Well, sure. We um, it, within uh, the current portfolio, I think that's best is to talk about what's what's going on in the current market right now and what's working. Something like specialty REITs. Uh, one of my favorites right now is is uh, North Star Realty. Uh, symbol is NRF. November Romeo Foxtrot is the symbol. And uh, for folks out there that are looking for a, a very strong management team, uh, this would be it. <clears throat> the REIT pays currently a yield of around 8.7%. And they're um, extremely diversified, which is really where I think you want to be in this market right now. They have a very major assets in, in health care and in lodging and also um, originating and, uh, and securitizing paper for other larger commercial uh, real estate investments. And uh, the, the management team has done a magnificent job of, of what I would call weathering a, uh, a low interest rate market with um, superior returns. You know, you look at a stock here that was trading at $11 just uh, 11 months ago, and today it's trading north of 18 It is rare to find a security paying north of 9% right now that's that's moved up that, that dramatically in the same period of time, far outpacing the stock market <clears throat> and still paying people back at 11%. The yield was north of 10%. So this is the kind of security that is... Um, a home run in, in the business of high yield investing, and, and if they all work that way, then uh, you know we I would be on an island where no one could find me. <laughs> so, that's um, that's the uh, one of the best names out there. Other other folks that may want to consider something non real estate related may consider uh, taking a look at what is called business development companies. For instance, they, these are um, these are entities that loan money to small to medium sized businesses where banks have been more resistant to do so. So they're willing to um, move that process along rather rapidly and invest in small to medium-sized businesses that are doing somewhere between 10 and 50 million in sales, and they will loan money to them to expand their businesses with uh, lending rates somewhere between 10 and 14 percent. 
And typically, they will also take an equity stake in those companies. Uh, so therefore, they're, when there's an exit strategy from within the private companies that they invest in, that they're also part, you know, part of that exit strategy. So there's usually um, some uh, capital appreciation. What's different between a, a BDC versus something like a real estate investment trust is they are a regulated investment corporation, just like a REIT. But they are allowed to use uh, derivatives. They're allowed to charge performance fees. And they're also allowed to uh, use leverage. So, um, but they still have to pay out 90% of their income in the form of dividends to their shareholders. So in this particular asset class, I recommended one recently um, called New Mountain Finance Corp. That's NMFC, November, Mary, Foxtrot, Charlie. And uh, th- this one pays a current yield of 9.1%, uh, not quite 10, but pretty close. And what I like about this one here, it's um, they're in a lot of defensive industries. So in the event that the economy uh, doesn't, you know, really pick up a lot of speed, you're in a lot of businesses that aren't so levered to the economy that uh, they start to stall out when there's a first sign of of, uh, slowing. Now, the company here has a lot of insider buying in the last six months, and I really like to see when management steps in in the middle of a a year like we've had and starts to pile into the stock as well. So it tells me that the portfolio that they're managing, Charlie, is is really making a lot of strides. They're highly confident, and and therefore you're going to see some dividend increases going forward. We really want to see dividend increases along the way, and it just shows you that the business is running well in these high-yield securities. We've seen a lot of... um, for instance, now we're hopefully going to see a bottom in energy here. And, uh, you know, we've seen crude oil turnaround today around at 75 after really um, looking like it's uh, it's been under a lot of pressure. So a lot of the energy MLPs, Master Limited Partnerships, have come in quite a bit. And there's um, But if you can find those that have hedged out their forward production by three or four years, where they're actually selling forward oil, you know, above $95 a, a barrel and natural gas above 450 They've locked in 80%, 90% of their distributable cash flow. So companies like that are very intriguing to me. They take a look at something like Memorial Production Partners. Uh, that's uh, MEMP, which is um, currently trading the yield of uh, 14.3%. And herein lies a, a, a really good example of a company here that has um, hedged themselves uh, for the next two to three years out, 80%, 90% of their production. So I'm looking for those types of management teams that protect their income and and give uh, the investor a chance to participate in extraordinarily high yield, not without risk, certainly, because we've seen this all happen here just recently with the energy sector come in you know, dramatically. Uh, you know, this is a full correction in the energy sector. But uh, once getting through the Q3 numbers here and seeing how these management teams have done a, a masterful job of hedging and protecting their downside, the market's overreacted. So this is a time for people to consider coming in and looking at uh, what I call the uh, the junior MLPs and some of the pipeline MLPs because they really just rely on volume as opposed to just being so price sensitive and taking advantage of that because MLP income is taxed, taxed advantage to a great degree. And for some people, it's almost completely tax-free. And it also offers a tremendous inflation hedge if, in fact, inflation rears up going forward. So those are just some examples of how people can get you know, and if you want to get into the um, you know the leveraged income, which is really from the, what we call the mortgage REITs, where they're actually borrowing short and they're investing long, they're, so they're borrowing money less than one and a half percent, and they're buying mortgages, floating rate debt, and and uh, jumbo mortgages that are paying between three and four and a half percent, and they're leveraging that portfolio six to seven, eight times, and they're manufacturing yields of between twelve and fifteen percent. 
And I've got uh, one on the books that does that. It's called New York Mortgage Trust. Uh, NYMT is the symbol there with a 13.3% yield, trading at its 52-week high. So we want to be, again, looking for great management teams because a lot of mortgage REITs are not trading anywhere near their highs. So not all REITs are made the same as we can obviously tell, but we really want to make sure that there's a track record there that coincides with the yield because chasing yield is, can be a dangerous game if, in fact, the stock underlies the, uh, the yield isn't holding up and trending higher with the yield itself. And so those are just some quick examples of, of what I hunt for. And uh, there's I follow probably 900 different securities, Charlie, <clears throat> of which you know I have about 33 on my, on my buy list at this time. Well, Brian, thank you very much. Those are excellent examples, the kinds of examples we were looking for. Uh, hold that. We'll be right back after uh, a word here. Sure. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, let's head back to Charlie and his guest here. Welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio. We're talking with Brian Perry, editor of CashMachineIncome.com, Strategic High Yield Investing. Brian is with Investor Place Media. So, Brian, you've been talking to us about uh, the current economic environment here and uh, the things that you look for and the, the kinds of positions that on your, uh, your list of about 35 high-yielding opportunities for investors. And for those listening uh, via podcast, uh, today's date is November 14, 2014. And so you can look back when you hear it later and see uh, how well these things have performed in the past. Uh, Brian, a couple of uh, things that um, one of the things that people have been investing in for income for some time is closed-end funds. Um, Do you have some closed-end funds on your list? Are you a fan of closed-end funds? Oh, sure. No, there's um, uh, one of the nice ways to invest in closed-end funds is because then you're buying what's nice is a, a diversified portfolio in itself. The, the two or three places to go there uh, would, in this market right now would be like a buy-right fund, which is a covered call fund. Uh, this is where you're getting a, a strong portfolio of, of stocks, and you're participating right smack in the middle of the stock market. One of them I have on the list as a buy-rated ET uh, or a closed-end fund is uh, the Eaton Vance Taxed Managed Global Fund, symbol EXG. And give you an idea, the portfolio is made up of Strongest, largest names in there are Google, Vodafone, Apple, Gilead Sciences, Caterpillar, Chevron, and Roche Holdings. And what they do is they sell covered calls against these uh, blue-chip stocks. So investors can be involved and get in the way of the market, as we call it, and still be earning a, uh, a current uh, yield, which is fully earned by selling uh, call options against the portfolio, of 9.94%. And the fund is trading at a 7% discount to net asset value. So that's a beautiful set of numbers um, when you're looking for how can I be part of this 
wonderful stock market and still bring home a, a, a pretty fat yield and at the same time get paid monthly income. Um, this has all the makings of the kind of closed-end fund that makes the grade for a cash machine. Other folks may want to say, well, I'd rather be in something that's a little more safe in the front, in the debt market. Well, it looks like rates can probably only move in one direction here. If the economy continues to pick up speed, now it would be higher. But people can still take a look at buying covered, uh, I'm sorry, convertible debt funds. And they're, they're also, Charlie, are in the form of a closed-end fund. One that comes to mind would be the, the Calamos uh, Convertible Income Fund, which um, has been a, uh, the Calamos people are probably the best at, um, at this business of, of uh, managing closed-end uh, debt uh, uh, when it comes to convertibles. And for those out there, convertible debt simply means these are bonds and preferred stocks that are tied to underlying performance of common stock. So it's, it's senior to preferred debt, but it's junior to what we would call their fifth senior uh, debt. But it, it does allow for, for people to you know, have debt that's tied to the stock market. And this is really what makes for an exciting type of an opportunity because it allows people to get current rate is 8.36% pays monthly and uh, allows people to have what I consider to be debt exposure but in a rising stock market and not be uh, caught you know, handcuffed if the bond market has a bad day and all of a sudden we get uh, some big number like a, a very strong fourth quarter GDP and the bond market's down limit the next day but the stock market's higher. So th- this is another way to go about that because it just you don't have to be a, um, a bond picker or a stock picker. You can just really just cast a net over the market and then let the uh, professionals at these uh, management teams bring in the income. And that, that's just two examples of covered. Uh, uh, one is a covered call fund. One's a convertible bond fund, and it gives us a chance to be part of that as a um, uh, as an investor and uh, and still have wide diversification in the process. Yeah, uh, and it sounds like all of the things that you recommend uh, re- uh, create an income or a yield of between 8 and 12%. Is that uh, pretty fair to say here? Yes, uh, I think the blended yield right now is just above 10%, and uh, that's you know because you know, we have a lot of energy income in there, a lot of BDCs. I mean, if you look at the... Um, the variety of, of asset classes, Charlie, we use in business development companies, master limited partnerships, closed-end funds, ETFs, what they call MREITs, and then brick-and-mortar REITs is another way to go about it. You've got corporate debt, convertible debt, floating rate debt. You've got specialty finance. You've got foreign funds. You've got asset managers and private equity, which has done us very well also because they're right in the middle of the, of the you know, all the deal-making and mergers and debt issuance and all that. There's a, there's a, a couple good names there. Distressed debt has done well for people in this market. And then uh, globally, you can look at shipping companies and dry bulk shipping, as well as a big theme out there right now is LNG, liquefied natural gas. It's the fastest growing form of fossil fuel that's going to replace coal and other fossil fuels around the world. And um, I have a company called TK LNG Partners, TGP. It pays a 7.5% yield. And they're the number one shipper of, uh, of LNG around the world, and the U.S. is about to start shipping LNG first quarter of 2015. So this is a, a big theme, and it's a nice way to be in the middle of that food chain uh, of, of a larger energy theme in the transportation side of it. So there's a lot to do. It's just a matter of how you want to structure it, but it, it, in terms of identifying, knowing what you own and why you own it is the most important aspect of any investing, and, and this is what Cash Machine, I think, brings to um, to the investor because I do a lot of research on this and I follow up every week with updates just to make sure that we're all our stuff is doing well even in a 
in a market that may have its bad days like we saw in, in October. But we all know at the end of the day, it's a market of stocks and not a stock market. And that's kind of where we have to break it out. Right. So tell us, Brian, in regards to your strategies, what keeps you awake at night? Uh, the threat of inflation, but I'm not seeing that here. You know, if we had wage inflation of any you know, magnitude, then that would be starting to wonder because that's the, that's the dearth of all high-yield markets is, is a rising interest rate market. Then you've really got to really switch to um, floating rate and, and, and uh, what we call adjustable rate in, um, uh, types of securities right away. Uh, and inflation indexed um, types of, uh, of assets like uh, more energy, maybe commodities, for instance, um, those types of things. So you have to do a major asset shift at that point. I don't see that right now. Uh, it just seems like the Fed is stuck where they're at because they've got all this debt and they've got to keep rates down just in order to even have any semblance of an exit strategy. So it's it's where I'm seeing it. But that's that's what would keep me up. And I don't know if any kind of black swan event uh, like a currency falling out of bed, you know, a sovereign bond crisis overseas in Europe um, would also be um, uh, to make sure that that doesn't spread into the uh, fixed income markets. And those are the two major ones out there that I see, but both seem to be fairly well contained at this time right now with, um, you know, the central bank intervention as well as with um, uh, the fact that we're in an incredibly low inflation environment. Right. So tell us, Brian, uh, how can people get a hold of you, and what are the kinds of services that you offer? Well, they can go to my website, which is um, www.cashmachineincome.com, and take a look at that as a way to get a tutorial. I have a lot of there's a lot of educational uh, content on that site for people that's just trying to understand, you know, stepping out into this arena and, and looking at high yield securities as a way to augment their income. And then at the same time, certainly the book is a good primer uh, for people to, to take a look at how this has helped out other people in, in, in the same situation where they don't want to outlive their, their nest egg. And then certainly, um, uh, you know, there's, there's a, if they just go down and look through, um, if they just Google up Brian Perry, there's a number of, of interviews I've given on Fox and Bloomberg and other types of networks that go into great detail um, some of the strategies that I use. Well, Brian, uh, given the low yield environment that we're in, you, you ought to be a very popular guy these days. Yes, it's, uh, it's you know, and it's and it's not smoke and mirrors. I think a lot of people think it's almost too good to be true, Charlie. But it's uh, it's just really trying to find those uh, types of assets that are designed specifically for income investors. And I think this is really when people, when the lights go off and they go, gosh, I had no idea that these types of opportunities existed. But they're out there, and quite frankly, a lot of pension funds use these types of strategies because they've got a certain amount of obligations that they've got to pay out every year, and they simply can't depend on you know, a 12% rate of return on the S&P 500 to deliver that um, those obligations. So it's, uh, this was all created out of um, institutional demand for... Uh, what we call stated rate of return, as opposed to I hope it I hope it turns out that way at the end of the year. So when right. you can bring in ten percent income, that stated rate of return, and that's cash flow, cash on cash. Most people are halfway home, and if we can get an extra five or ten percent appreciation out of that, then that's just an enormous win on the year. But in the in the immediate time, you're still getting your your systematic monthly income, which is what a lot of people depend on. Quite frankly, and what I'm so impressed with Brian is the broad diversification of uh, the things that you recommend. I mean, we're we're talking about many, many different, not just positions, but sectors here. That's correct, and and we want to use the 
phrase, non-correlating assets, so it evens everything out. You want to have some uh, floating rate with some fixed rate. You want to have some equity with some debt. You want to have some commodity with some deflationary assets in you know high, hyper uh, defensive uh, types of situations. And then maybe if it if it warrants it, and we get into some kind of a melt up, um, then then I would put in a, a market hedge. Also, I would recommend um, something like a double. Um, S&P 500 um, uh, bearish ETF just to protect our gains or as, as a portfolio insurance mechanism. And that's what uh, a good advisor should do uh, with their accounts when things um, look a little bit too heady or things look a little bit too draconian. That's the, it's really timing. And, and, uh, and that, takes, that takes experience over the years to know when to rotate in and out of things um, based on Fundamentals and then also emotions. Markets markets tend to overextend to the upside, and they tend to definitely overextend on the downside. And we all know that fear is greater than greed, and stocks fall a lot faster than they rise. So we want to maintain a an equilibrium of asset weighting there, so that you know we're not all in on one side of of, of the market, and so that you know if if it looks like deflation is going to rear its head again, then we have plenty of bond exposure. And if it looks like we're going to you know, roll right with the uh, the economic upturn, then we want to be able to uh, gravitate toward equity and more uh, risk-on asset classes, That are, which is really where we're skewed at this point in time. Right. So, Brian, thank you very much. You've been, this has been a plethora of quality information about creating uh, double-digit yield, d- double yield in income portfolios, and we really appreciate your time and opportunity to talk with you today. And uh, we hope that people are interested in your service and take a look at your website and the like. So okay. thank you very much for joining us. And for our listeners, thanks for being with us today on Strategic Investor Radio, on OC Talk Radio, and we look forward to hearing from you again. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.